I might be giving something away about how old I am right now, but I don't care. We're all just passing through life. So, well, wherever old you are, you are not inoculated from what I'm going to talk about, which is loneliness. Now, why did I quote or talk about how old I am? Remember that song, One is the Loneliest Number? I think it was Three Dog Night. And then they went on, one is the loneliest number, two can be as bad as one, but the loneliest number is the number one-ber. Something like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know exactly how they said it, but it was kind of corny, but it's actually kind of true. Believe it or not, we are experiencing a pandemic of loneliness. And that could be more devastating, more hurtful than coronavirus, than anything else, because loneliness can lead to depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation. There is a lot to be learned about loneliness. Where does it come from, and what do you do about it? Are you lonely? Now, the truth is you might be in a relationship right now. You might be married. You might have lots of, quote-unquote, friends. You might feel super connected because of all your devices, and you've got a lot of followers on Twitter and Facebook and everything else, but you're still lonely. And there are some myths about loneliness. First of all, young people are said to be twice as likely as older people to experience loneliness. A lot of times when you think about loneliness, right, if you were to watch a movie on that lonely person, you'd probably see some old guy sitting in the corner of a booth drinking coffee all alone, but that's not it. That lonely person might be you, and you're surrounded by other people. You might be on a college campus in a neighborhood that's thriving, and yet you feel that loneliness. Now, what happens, and how do you actually develop loneliness? Well, believe it or not, and this is probably not well understood, childhood trauma can have lifelong consequences, including contributing to loneliness, childhood trauma. Why, you ask? Well, it's a good question. We're going to get into it. But the presence or absence of parental or primary caregiver support, again, you are neglected, you are abandoned, you are abused as a child. And so you never form those deep connections with other people to make you feel like, oh, I'm not alone anymore. And so even now as an adult, you enter into these what you hope to be long-term fulfilling relationships, but you can't quite connect. So even though you're dating or you're married or you're in a community, you still feel loneliness. What do you do about it? The current statistics on adult loneliness are absolutely staggering. According to one study, more than 58% of U.S. adults consider themselves lonely, even when in a relationship. 58%. And again, young adults are said to be twice as likely as older people to experience loneliness, with 79% of people between the ages of 18 and 24 claiming they feel lonely. 79%. Now, again, 42% of adults ages 18 to 34 say they, quote, always feel lonely compared to only 16% of people 55 years and older. So we've got it all wrong. If you want to look at somebody who's lonely, look at that young person that you think, oh, they've got the world ahead of you. And yet maybe because of the feelings of loneliness, and maybe this is you, and we're going to talk about what you can do about it to alleviate that deep pain, that sadness of loneliness. Now, again, I, I want to go back to this whole idea of what are some of the signs 
that you might be lonely. Because <laughs> I, I know it sounds kind of funny, and I don't mean to laugh because it's very serious, but you think, well, what do you mean the signs of being lonely? Wouldn't I know if I'm lonely? Well, you might experience what you think is just boredom, but the truth is, uh, I just don't feel connected. Maybe you have difficulty being alone. You know, you have a constant need of stimulation or something to distract yourself. Why? Because if there's not a million people running around, you're faced with your own loneliness, the pain of loneliness. Sometimes it might just feel like I'm worthless or I'm fatally flawed or you're always people-pleasing. Why are you people-pleasing? Why is it that you got to make everybody happy? Because there's a part of you that says, well, if I make everybody happy, then they'll like me. Then I won't feel this pain. But it's not so easy. Maybe that loneliness is a result of shame or guilt. You were shamed as a child, made to feel like you weren't enough. And sometimes that loneliness can breed further loneliness. You know, when you don't feel like you're good enough, when you've got those feelings of shame, oh, I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, then you will necessarily, you will separate yourself from other people because you don't feel like you're worthy to be in their company. And what does that lead to? Just more loneliness. That one song, and I like the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. <laughs> well, there's some truth to that. But you might be putting on that mask and saying, nah, don't worry, be happy, be happy, be happy, but I'm not happy. In fact, maybe you listen to that and you think, oh, everybody's so happy. My loneliness is just because of my worry. Maybe. But then you become increasingly depressed. You feel more socially awkward. And then you think, well, I've got to wear this mask. How can I tell anybody that I'm lonely? I'm 24 years old. I've got a budding career, and I'm lonely. And so you pretend. You put on the mask. You sing the song, don't worry, be happy. But then you only lead or pursue superficial relationships, or you self-medicate, or you get immersed in video gaming. You know, in fact, there's been a study recently that found that feelings of loneliness, depression, anxiety, and boredom are positively correlated with compulsive gaming addiction in adulthood. So if you find that you just can't tear yourself away from your game, maybe that's a sign that you actually just can't face your own loneliness. And I get it. It would be tough to admit to yourself, I'm lonely, I don't feel connected. But believe it or not, that is the first step to moving through the loneliness is to actually learn to tolerate and recognize what it is that you feel is a lack of connection in your life. Maybe you find yourself trying to always help others or fix others. And sometimes, again, that generalizes in adulthood, right? It's like, oh, I'm not worthy, but let me give everything to you. Let me fix you. Let me make sure your life is good. And, and believe it or not, and this is one of the things I'm going to talk about, one of the ways to alleviate holiness is to actually get outside of your own head and to give to others. But just like the gospel says, love others as you love yourself. This is the command of God. And you can't love others unless you love yourself. 
And if you're feeling lonely, one of the things that you're saying to yourself is, I'm unlovable. Maybe not consciously you're saying that, but unconsciously. If you don't feel worthy of connection. And, and paradoxically, the whole idea of, of, of uh, feeling connected with social media, FaceTime and Instagram and Twitter and all these things, actually, believe it or not, all that does is it makes it easier for you to avoid authentic connection with other people. And so what do you do? Oh, I feel lonely. I'll just connect on Twitter. But you're not connecting. Oh, I've got 50,000 Twitter followers. But I don't feel the love of 50,000 people. In fact, you don't feel the love of five people. You don't even love yourself. But what do you do about it? How do you overcome loneliness? Are you lonely? I think the first thing to do is to face that inner critic. What is that inner critic? It's that voice within you that says, you're no good. Nobody really likes me. Ah, I just don't feel like being around people because people don't like me. Or maybe you say to yourself, I'm an inconvenience. Or I don't want to be rejected, so the only way to not be rejected is to reject other people. Is to avoid stepping into other relationships. Oh, I can't stand the pain of rejection. So you separate, you isolate yourself. Now, Peter says in 1 Peter, and I think this is the gospel equivalent to saying, get outside of yourself. You can face it with God on your side. Peter says, your life is a journey that you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. When you're lonely, you've got a deep consciousness of your own loneliness. And I get it. I'm not being critical of you. I understand it. It has to do with childhood shame, neglect, abuse, all these things. But the more that you can actually take your focus off yourself to the degree and say, wait a second, let me understand this relationship that I have with God. How do you do that? You begin by connecting with God. You know, it costs God plenty to get you out of that dead end, empty-headed life you grew up, up, grew up in. God knew what he was going to do for you. And what did he do for you? to rescue you, to save you, to bring you into a fulfilling relationship for all eternity. He sacrificed Jesus on the cross. And Peter said, you know that you have a future in God. If you feel lonely, probably one of the things that you're feeling is, I don't have anything now, I don't have anything in the future. But that's just not true. You know, sometimes you connect wirelessly, but not socially. And you've got to remember that you and I were created to connect physically, emotionally, to see one another, to touch one another, to listen to one another. We're designed for that in-person community. But more and more, what we see, particularly with younger people, is they're connected socially but don't have those real-life connections. A Nielsen survey estimated that the average adult interacts online, are you ready? 11 hours every day. The average adult, 
That's not just your child. That's you. 11 hours. The internet gives you that illusion of connectedness, but it doesn't really offer that real deep connection that will help you to alleviate the loneliness. A 2017 study in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine found that young adults who daily spend over two hours on social media are twice as likely or twice as lonely, rather, as those who spend 30 minutes. Do you ever get that alert at the end of the week from your phone said, you spent 487 hours this week on social media, screen time, you know, like 40 hours, whatever it is, it's like divide that. And then ask yourself, well, how much time am I actually spending, quote unquote, connecting on this device? And why are you doing it? Because you want that connection. You want to alleviate the pain of that loneliness that you feel. And yet what they found is that if you're spending that two hours, you're twice as likely to feel more lonely than if you only spend 30 minutes on it. So how do you alleviate, how do you get out of that sense of I'm all alone? Well, get out of your self-focus and focus on others. Again, I get it to a degree, it seems counterintuitive. It's like, well, I've got to take care of myself. I've got to focus on myself. Actually, just the opposite. Focus on the needs, the feelings of others. Actually, what that does is it provides you relief from the weight of your own problems and that self-sabotaging inner talk, you know, that inner critic that we were talking about? Oh, I'm no good. I'm no good. I'm worthless. Well, all of a sudden, you find yourself giving to somebody else, contributing to the life of other people. You're not only going to make their life better, but you're going to feel better. You're going to say, wow, wait a second. I'm actually improving other people's lives. I'm getting out of my own life. And that, in turn, is going to make you feel more connected. And you don't have to look far to find someone to serve. You might think, well, Joe, I live in a very nice neighborhood. I don't have a soup kitchen where I can volunteer. (laughs) You probably do somewhere close to you. But you don't have to look far to find somebody to serve. Because again, whether it's your friend that you want to serve, don't forget, God says, you could also serve your enemy. Jesus said, love your friend. Hate your enemy? No. He said, I'm changing that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. And one of the ways to get out of your own head is to say, wait, I kind of don't like this person. Maybe if you served that person, you would actually find that you like them more and you form a connection and you get out of that pain that you feel yourself. You've got to foster those relationships Developing that sense of connection, it's not easy. I'm not oversimplifying it. It's kind of like telling that depressed person, hey, get up and out of bed and go exercise. It's easier said than done. I get it. How do you foster a relationship if you feel like you can't actually trust people and you can't actually trust people because you've been so hurt as a child that you never learned it's okay to trust? But again, you get into that adult relationship and you're still feeding yourself that same information, right? Your partner wants to go out and play tennis and you hate tennis, so you go, I'll just stay home. And you feel alone, you feel disconnected. But you don't have to. 
Maybe you recognize, oh, it's, it's this fear of abandonment that I feel. And so you might push away your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. It's like, yeah, you go play tennis. I'll just rot here. But it's sometimes, frequently, it's not about that other person. It's just your anticipation of not getting those needs met. Now get this. According to a 2018 Pew Research study, almost 30% of people who are unhappy with family relationships, feel lonely most or all of the time. Almost 30% of people who are unhappy with family relationships feel lonely most or all of the time. So how do you alleviate, again, the pain of loneliness? Foster those relationships right around you. Now, one of the things that might be keeping you from fostering that relationship is you've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be open. You've got to express yourself. You've got to talk about your hopes, your dreams, your hurt, your pain, your desires. And that can be difficult. And yet to go beyond that superficial relationship, that is what is necessary to create an intimate connection with other people. You've got to combat that loneliness with face-to-face interactions. Not surprisingly, (laughs) research has found that engaging in face-to-face interactions reduces loneliness. I know that sounds almost trite, But think about the time that you're not connecting. You think you're connecting with social media. You think you're connecting. You think you're engaging in good entertainment by binge-watching your favorite show. And I've been guilty of that. I've done that. (laughs) But I put an emphasis and a focus on my human interactions more than anything. A 12-year study by this Alzheimer's Disease Center, found that people who connect socially with others, and that doesn't mean social media, that means connect socially, get together, eat together, play tennis together, do whatever, take a walk, pray, experience 70% less cognitive decline than individuals with little interaction. You know, you can talk about eating your vegetables and taking your vitamins and all of that to prevent disease, including Alzheimer's. Actually, what you got to do is to connect. And where is that perfect place to begin and foster that deep connection with others? Connect with God. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, he said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Are you lonely? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. This isn't just something he was telling his disciples a couple thousand years ago. This is something he's telling you right now. He said, walk with me and work with me. Even if you feel like you're working in isolation, see God right there with you, working right there with you, learning the unforced rhythms of grace. Keep company with me, he says, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. 
Sometimes just challenging yourself to get outside of what is safe, what you know, and to learn something new. A while back, scientists discovered that you can actually enhance your brain's neuroplasticity, which means you can learn new ways of thinking and connecting by learning new things. If you push yourself and get out of yourself and say, I don't know anything about playing guitar, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to try. And learning those new skills not only expands your life experience, but it creates opportunities to connect with other people. It can boost confidence and reduce the feelings of inadequacy and loneliness. When's the last time you said, I've never done this before, but I'm going to learn how to whatever it is. Remember, God wants you to live a life that is deeply connected, that is filled with purpose and meaning. And to do that, you've got to feel connected with God and with other people. You have been put on this beautiful planet for a reason and a purpose, to connect with God, to love other people. And when you trust God, you're free to say, to do whatever is necessary, bold to go wherever you need to go. It's not about just collecting a bunch of things. But when you reach out to serve, to volunteer, it increases that sense of satisfaction in your life. And believe it or not, The research says that when you serve others, when you volunteer, you actually feel physically and mentally healthier. It helps to alleviate the loneliness. Volunteering may reduce stress. It enhances cognitive function, increases the levels of that feel-good hormone, the dopamine, and can promote longevity. And that was a study done by Harvard. Reach out. When you help some other people, when you look at those, when you identify those who are also lonely and you reach out to them, then you're reminding yourself that you're not alone. And you're reminding them that they are not alone. It's not an easy task, it's not solved in three easy steps. But if you pray, if you trust, if you engage and you take those steps, even if you don't know what you're doing, don't worry about it. As James says, and I I like to quote this to myself always, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. That's okay. Because James says, ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. Don't worry your prayers. God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to alleviate the suffering. How do I'm going to move on from this loneliness? Pray. Believe. Frequently in my practice as a therapist, I talk to people who are feeling depressed or anxious, and I'll ask them, tell me about your life. Ah, Joe, I party every weekend. I party hard. I hook up with these guys, these gals. I can go doing all this. And I, wow, you feel connected? No. In fact, I feel pretty damn lonely. 
I give myself completely. And it just leaves me feeling more lonely than ever. Paul speaks about that in 1 Corinthians. When he was talking about just rampant sex. There's a reason why you might be inclined to say, yeah, yeah, that's what I want. I want to feel good. I want to feel connected. And so you give yourself completely to somebody in what is truly one of the most intimate acts as a human being you can engage in. And yet what it does is it leaves you more lonely than ever, Paul says. Because that kind of free, untethered sex, you can't become one. You can't have that deep connection. You can't alleviate that loneliness in that way. Because your body was made for God-given and God-modeled love, for truly becoming one with another. That oneness that you experience in an intimate relationship, that's what alleviates the loneliness. What happens when you live God's way? He brings gifts into your life, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection with others, exuberance about life, serenity, connection, a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. You can find yourself involved in loyal commitments, connected, alleviating the loneliness. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward. Forward.